Welcome to Uplifting Women Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Tesca and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They've overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today on Uplifting Women. We are very excited to have our guest, Sherry Strong, with us. This is Kristen Strunk with my co-host, Holly Tesca. And I would love to introduce Sherry to you. She is an international speaker, a workplace consultant, and an author. She is known for her ability to get results. She ignites a new spark toward taking bold steps with new strategies on the how of adapting new ideas, adapting to change, and influencing those around the leaders for an impact that is positive and creates results that are everlasting. As a director of sales for cars.com, she helped them grow from 25 million to 600 million in eight years. She understands how to implement strategies that work while understanding that people are the most important part of any business. She has been consulting, facilitating, and coaching since 2011. Sherry is currently working on her doctorate in strategic leadership from Liberty University. In 2013, she wrote a book titled My Life Begins Next Monday, which outlines the seven stages of overcoming obstacles for over 20 years. Sherry's passion has been the study of why people do what they do. Over the past 10 years, she built two platforms and certifications that reached three countries. She's consulted with Gallup Organization and their coaching platform, and has worked with thousands of coaches and small businesses throughout her consulting career. Most recently, she founded and is leading ZoneUp.com, a new division of eSpeakers.com, a company that provides a directory and business tools to coaches and trainers. It's launching January 1st of 2022. Welcome, Sherry. We are so excited to speak with you today. I'm excited to be here. We would love to start by understanding a little bit more about you and having you share your story with us. Oh my, that's a good question. It's so broad. (laughs) So you hear that. You know what's interesting is, is I hear that bio. Obviously, people who listen to these, they know we send a bio ahead of time. And I've heard this bio and variations of a bio about me. And that sounds so great. It sounds wonderful. And I'm glad, hopefully it gives some credibility for people to listen to this entire interview. But that is the end result. (laughs) That's not who, that is, that's just the end result of what I do, but that's not who I am, if you will. And so just to put it in a bio of reality of who I am and where I came from, I came from the other side of the tracks. I was the high school dropout. 
I had three babies by the time I was 21, two different husbands, and dreamt about becoming a speaker and having impact in the world. And I remember sitting on the trailer floor, listening to Tony Robbins cassettes, dreaming about doing what I'm doing today. And I had no business dreaming it. The only thing I can say, and those of you who are believers, and I am, is that there was, it was, it was part of who I was supposed to be. And I, I believe that this was who I was supposed to be on this earth. But back then, I didn't know that. So I'm that person. And yeah, eventually I went and got my diploma. And eventually I went back to college. And now I can't stop going to college. And it's costing me a lot of money. But <laughs> I love to learn now. And so, you know, the who I am is really about overcoming a lot of obstacles, limiting beliefs. I didn't believe I deserved anything, especially being around women. I was, a, you know, I was in a couple of abusive relationships and there's so much more there. But I, that's, so when I hear this bio, it sounds great and it's everything I've been working for. But I, I love to share the story of, how I went from who I really am to what I've achieved and, and the resilience it took to overcome that. And if I can get one thing across in any interview that I do, it's don't quit. If you, if you have a dream, you have that vision of what you want to do. Don't quit. Cause like I wanted to quit three months ago, <laughs> but you keep going. That's wonderful. And I think that overcoming those obstacles is definitely something that we'd love to hear a little bit more about. I'm curious how you have gone from director of sales and in that space into the coaching and the speaking and the facilitating and what that transition was like for you. Ah, good question. So I had worked my way up at cars.com. So I went through all these things early in my life. And then in 2003, it's actually when I got married to my husband, my spouse now, and I'm still married to, but I also landed a job with cars.com. And I like to give them a shout out because that's where I really grew up. They allowed me to start growing up and become a professional. And I was good at sales and talking to people. And I had great mentors there and great managers there. They had a great culture. It allowed me to move up very quickly. Now, I was dedicated to it. I was reading books about leadership and sales. And one of my favorite books I love to tell everybody about, even if you're new in management, is The Eighth Habit by Stephen Covey. It's, it's like a Bible of leadership. And I remember having that marked. But through that experience, my passion for leadership and developing people that's when I really learned and I knew innately that I love to help people achieve things and do things that they never thought they would do. And being in a sales environment, and I was blessed to be with a great company, they were very, it was very much about culture and people. Then I started having this bigger dream of, you know what, maybe I could do what I'm doing here, but made me a great manager there. And, and I say that humbly because I had great teams and I had people who wanted to learn and grow too. So I had great teams, but I started envisioning being able to go do this for other companies. Eventually I went, got my coaching certificate and I'll give a shout out to IPEC International Coaching, IPEC. And I went and did that in 2011. And it's like getting a master's degree. It's a 10 month program. 
And I joined John Maxwell at that time was just starting a team where you could actually get certified and teaching his programs. I hear I've been learning his books for three, four months prior, three, four years prior and using all his techniques with my teams. He was starting a team. I was like, well, I'll do that. So around that time is when I started investing in myself. I had never really invested in myself until cars.com and they encouraged me to go get my degree. I did that. Then it was investing in other ways in myself. And I can even remember calling them. It was interesting. And they told me the price and I was, and they thought, they were like, do you want to do this on credit card? And I thought, and I was making good money. I mean, I was making healthy six figures. I mean, I was a high school dropout making healthy six figures. And I go, people don't actually just pay for this, do they? <laughs> she goes, yes, all the time. So I had such limiting beliefs about money and myself and investing in myself. Once I did it, I couldn't stop. You know, so once I did that, then I started seeing something bigger and more. And I had learned and I had owned a recruiting company during that time as well, a couple of years. And there were some statistics that said, you don't leave your job after seven years. The odds of you ever leaving your position start to go way down. And I was there seven years and I, and I was in my forties and I was starting to get scared that I wasn't going to reach my potential. My biggest fear in life is not reaching my potential. It's not bugs. It's not snakes. It's that's my biggest fear in life is that I'm not going to reach my God given potential. And so I remembered those numbers. So I spoke with my husband and we made this plan out how much money would it take for a year to live, to go try this. Cause if I don't do this now, I, I will be comfortable and I'll never leave. And I made a goal to leave on January 1st, 2013. And I left January 1st, 2013. So that was how that transition happened. That's amazing. You know, what an inspiration from going from a girl who lived on the other side of the tracks, high school dropout, multiple children by the time you were 22 years old. So I can see why you listen to someone read that bio and you say, oh my gosh, I need to fill in the rest of the story. Yeah, because yeah, people see me or they read that and they think, and I actually have, and I know I have a very, um, we'll say direct personality. I've had to learn all those self-awareness things. Sometimes I think people get intimidated and I will tell you, my heart breaks because I just want to come up and hug you. I want to hug you and I want to hug you and I want to hug you. But people don't know the rest of the story. And so I'm like, wait, if you only knew, you'd want to be hugging me. And not because, not because I'm great, but because you probably would have empathy. Just let me hug you and tell you it's going to be okay. Keep moving forward. You can do this. The keep moving forward piece. That's what really is so important. And key message of our podcast is just about that. What we're trying to do is help level the playing field a bit and helping women step into everything they possibly can be. And certainly just the act of becoming a coach is transformational. See, we need more women who are willing to share, be vulnerable. Who do you want teaching your children? somebody with no experience or people who have experience and have learned from it, right? So we need more women who are willing to share their stories, be vulnerable, not judgmental, but Mm -hmm. mentor other women and help lift them up because they are our future. 
I'm not one of those women that's I know all about oh those millennials. I think we have some of the smartest millennials, the smartest young women. Forget the label of millennial. Smart young women today, they're way more educated, way more well-rounded, way better well-spoken. And I'll speak on my behalf. I won't speak on y'all's. But there's so much out there. And now, what if we would add some wisdom to that and give them our experience? Where would they be when they're my age? You're right, like, oh my gosh, it just blows the mind, my mind. So that's why I love what you guys are doing because that's who we should be opening up to and saying, you already have a better start than I ever had. Now what? Now what can you do? Where can you go? Who can you learn from? Go find those people you can learn from. And, and then go mentor other women and do the same thing. Exactly. And, um, you know, I will also say, and I'm sure this is true for you as well, I've had some amazing male mentors as well and sponsors in my in my career. I think it's equally important that we find those men that can help us to do the translation that sometimes is necessary. We come at problems from a certain way. The male mind is wired a different way, but we need it all. Yes. I bring up my corporatecareers.com. I was blessed to have all my managers were men, but they were different than the men I had been around in prior. It was just a different culture. And I was so blessed. And that's why I give them, again, I shout it out everywhere I go. And because I was a hot mess. You know, I was just always, I, when I was there, especially in the beginning, and, and some of my former colleagues, would, <laughs> they would say, they would give me feedback, and it was always positive. And I didn't understand. So I was very good at managing up and managing down, but I wasn't very good at managing my colleagues. Because I'm like, my boss just told me I was awesome. Why wouldn't you want to do what I did? <laughs> right? Like, come on, just do it. And they're like, Sherry, we want to do it our own way. So <laughs> it took me a little while to learn that. But I had great mentors and managers who were able to deliver the feedback in me because I did have limiting beliefs. And my drive at that time was driven. It came from a place of fear and to prove somebody wrong, right? I was proving my parents wrong. I was proving me wrong. I was proving, you know, my past wrong. And I was scared that I was going to ever be there again. And then until I grew up and was able to shift that and go be constructive and productive and not from a place of fear, but just because I want to, and I know I can, but that took years of self-awareness. You know, I think um, another thing that pops out to me from what you've said is you had some bad experiences, it sounds like, involving men (laughs) at a younger age. And that's the construct we have, right? So then the ability to trust that men will have your best interest, it takes years to get there again. I I think sometimes men don't understand the harm that they do to, especially to young, young women that are just coming into the workplace, um, just coming into their adult life and how, how much damage they can do. I too had a, um, I had a really bad experience in my first career job, I would say, with a manager who was very belittling. Um, He and I 
disagreed on something, what it was, it, it doesn't matter. But he was so bound and determined to make sure that everybody knew he was right and I was wrong that he hauled me into his office along with about six or seven other male managers and completely read me the riot act. I can't tell you how many years it took me to overcome that. Mm. And I oh, think, sorry, well, and you know, I think about that and I, and I wonder to myself, how many other young women go through that? I mean, there's a lot of really good male managers, but this guy clearly, clearly didn't know the first thing about how to lead people and how to inspire um, excellence. You know, you're right. Young people, they come out of school these days with an amazing amount of knowledge. I mean, yes. gosh, I, I don't think uh, they probably knew more in the sixth grade than I came out of high school with. Right. <laughs> at least, at I'm, least I'm not talking kindergarten am I right? But <laughs> yeah, when you, when you, when you say that, yeah, I think about what my granddaughters teach me. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think a message that we need to make sure that we're getting through to male leaders, especially when they're, when they are in charge of younger leaders, and I don't really even care if they're men or women, it's understand the impact of some of your actions on people at these very formative years. The biggest thing that I think is the blocker for any culture to be able to evolve, men or women, when your ego is in the way, you are going to struggle with your team, you're going to struggle with your culture, and you're going to struggle with anything you really want to achieve. And people think often that ego, it's, you know, it's something that's you usually think of like that used car salesman or the boisterous, ha, ha, ha. And, but what people don't understand is ego also comes out in other ways. Ego can come out as silent as well. So women tend to go silent. Right? So you have men who are boisterous, and then women, what do they do with their ego? They give them the silent treatment. Well, that's ego coming out in another way. So both, right, male or female, it's understanding that how your ego, whether it's loud and boisterous, or and it's just do your job, you know, it's your job, just go do it. Or if it comes from a place of fine, and then you just go quiet, you don't want to hear feedback as well. The ego is what stops a lot of us from being able to grow and learn. And so being able to lead, whether you are male or female, leadership is about self-awareness. If you're not willing to grow and be self-aware, if you want to be that person that is just about the job, and I get it, right? Because you're, when you're working for somebody, you usually have results you're responsible for. Well, what happens if you have a team that the results you're responsible for and they're not hitting it and you don't know how to fix it? Well, your ego might come out and it's going to come out in a bad way. Usually it doesn't come out in a great way. And then you start belittling or you start, you don't know how to inspire. So then you infiltrate fear. But that's not if you would take a different approach and go, what am I, what do I need to learn? Because if my team is sucking right now, for lack of a better word, then it's not all on them. It's on me. And so what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? And I think that takes maturity. And in today's world, 
there's so many good leaders out there. But I think with the shift that's happening, we have a lot of inexperienced people getting into leadership roles and leading people. They have knowledge and content, and but they don't have experience. And so it's kind of funny because I see the circle coming full circle again in the 1980s manager of it's your job, just go do it. That kind of went away. I was on a, that was my mission for 10 years. Don't do that. You can't do that. I kind of see it starting to happen a little bit again. And it's happening just because we have people who are younger in leadership positions who it's all about knowledge and content and degrees which is going to lead us back to that, well, just go do your job. So I'm going to challenge anybody that's in a management position, if you're under 30, especially right now, the leadership position, start learning about leadership itself and what that means. It's not about the job. It's not about, what, it's not about the results. It's about working through people to get results. And it's not about manipulating. It's about inspiring so there's a lot of fine lines there, but I think when you can do that, that pushes ego aside. The resources or the awareness around the fact that we need to look inward back in the day. So all those managers that were that way and condescending and belittling, it wasn't a focus like it is today, right? It is about you've got to take ownership of your own self-awareness, what you are doing, and do not take a leadership or management position just for the money or the title. If you do, you will fail. It will not last. And even if you're with a company where it does, where you get to last, it'll happen. So if you go into something, anything for the wrong reasons, check your motives, whatever you're doing, whether you're coaching, managing, parenting, whatever it is, check your motives. I love that, Sherry. And I think that as we enter this time of new work, new work ways, new work systems, new work environments, I'm curious how you think that the this conversation around ego and leadership style is potentially driving some of the forces behind what's being called the great resignation yes. and how that's potentially impacting that. I see it as an opportunity for all you coaches and trainers out there. <laughs> Let me here, side note. I love that people are becoming more aware of what they want to do. Not what their parents wanted them to do. <laughs> Not what they feel like they have to do just to make money. So I love the fact that you, these people, everybody that is re-looking at their life, and it's, it's more about purpose now. What is my purpose? What do I want to contribute to the world? So I think it's a good thing. I do think that companies and organizations are throwing the wrong things at it. They're throwing more money at it. They're throwing more time off. When you look at Gallup polls and they say, what do you really want most? Because like a few, what, five, 10 years ago, they were putting ping pong tables and having beer Fridays. That's not what people want. They want development. They want to be able to have something that gives them something to have a purpose so that they can reach and do and be all that they can be. So companies right now are throwing money at it. They're throwing time off at it. And they're throwing all these perks at it. Look at the development of people and how you can help them grow and help them reach their potential. Those are the companies that should be, that's what they should be looking at. So if you want to leave our listeners with 
one or two bits of advice taken from the wisdom of the Sherry Strong book. What are those what are those couple bits of advice you would give to to women out there who are struggling to find their way or figure out am I worthy of all the things that I think I want? You know, what what would you what do you want to leave our listeners with? First of all, you are worthy. Period. No questions. If you're listening to this today, if you are doubting it at all, I want you to know you are worthy. You are here on this earth for a reason. And when and let go of big or small. So this is the first thing. Let go of big or small. I think we often think it has to be so big. Everything has to be so big. And if it's not big, well, big is relative. You might give somebody a smile on the checkout counter today. And guess what? That's really big to them. So let go of big. And, and, and when things are wrong, let go of big. Like, I have, I have had money. I had nothing. had a bunch. Lost it all, had it again, lost it all. I mean, what I'll say is like go big or small. Just whenever you start thinking everything, if you start using the words always or never, you're in trouble. This always happens to me or that never happens to me. That's not true. So if you hear yourself saying words are always or never, get a coach, get a mentor, call your pastor, call a friend and let go of that and just say, man, you know what? You're right. This doesn't always happen to me. It might be, it might feel that way right now, but let go of always or never and big or small. Just it is today. Deal with today. And then the other thing is, is I think we get overwhelmed when we do think about, and I've did this myself, so I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. I had to learn this because I had to live in the future because if I didn't live in the future, I mean, there was a time where I wanted to end my life and I had it all planned out for three years. So I but I didn't do it because I had a plan for three years. I had to get my kids in the, out of the house. And what I learned during that time was I lived in the moment. So while I had a plan to end my life, it was like, it made me live in the moment because I was still had to get my, the goal was to get my kids out of the school. Then I was going to end it all because I couldn't do this anymore. So what that forced me to do was, okay, what can I do today? You know? I was delivering news. Okay, I'm just going to deliver newspapers today. Believe it or not, I ended up delivering newspapers like 15 years ago to make a living. And, I was, and okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm just going to do this. And then I'm just going to do this. And I only focus on that day. And what I learned during that time is what we hear about all the time from successful people is just take action for today. And it's so hard to do when you're thinking about 10 years from now, we get overwhelmed with it. And I learned it for the wrong reasons. Now, the good news is, is during that, I ended up meeting my spouse and I'm here and, you know, lived happily ever after. But I learned that living in today, what can I ask the question? I say, I always tell people, you are right where you are supposed to be. Tomorrow, you will be too. So the question is, what can I do today? And if you let go of big or small, there's all kinds of things you can do today. I love that, Sherry. I love that. You have been an amazing guest. I could listen to you for hours. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. I do want to make sure we 
do a shout out for your your new business, Zone Up, yeah. and that's zone with upp.com. Yeah. Two P's. Yeah. Two P's. If people want to get in touch with you, if they're interested in, you know, either hiring you as a coach or anything, what's the best way for them to get in contact? S strong. So S S T R O N G at zone up with two P's.com. And just, you know, let me know they heard you on this, on this podcast. And Hey, I'll get my phone number. Call me 540-460-1982. If there's somebody listening to this podcast, that's willing to call me. I'm going to answer. So <laughs> that's amazing. Sure, I you don't are. have any fear. <laughs> You have been um, a bright light in my life. Clearly, you have so much love to give. And um, I I just consider myself blessed to know you. And I'm so grateful that you took some time to talk with us and our listeners today. So, so thank you. It's been, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to uplifting women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you. Please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.